Seahawks Man to Man is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Seahawks ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. He lives up to the name, man. First overall pick, number one player in the country. Um, I mean, he was just wrecking the game at one point. I mean, it was yeah. nothing they could do <laughs> to stop him. And uh, they had Joe Staley back, who's a great left tackle. And, um, you know, when, when Clowney comes to play like that, I mean, it's really nothing you can do. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Seahawks Man to Man podcast. This is your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. Mike is down in San Francisco. What is up, Mike? Ooh. Oh, man. What a night. I don't even know where to begin, man. That might have been one of the... That might be the craziest game I've ever covered live. Well, what an experience. We just heard Geno Smith talk about why my my why it might have been one of the best games you've ever experienced and it was simply two words Jadavian Clowney he was unstoppable today this is i think he's been one of the Seattle's best players pretty much all season since joining the team in the trade but the game tonight was his best in a Seahawk uniform and he had a fumble recover for a touchdown which I'm not mistaken. That is his second TD this season. Yeah, yeah, that is his second touchdown of the year. He had a sack, forced fumble to set up another touchdown. He had five tackles, five quarterback hits, and he was making plays all over the field. And it's not going to show up in a stat sheet or a stat book, excuse me, but the pressure that he put on Jimmy Garoppolo allowed for a play like Al a player like Al Woods later in the game to get a huge sack. I mean, he was everywhere. Talk about just what you saw from him up in that booth tonight and how impressive he was for 60 minutes. Well, shoot it longer than that, man. They needed overtime in this joint. Man. <laughs> That's they true. Needed, uh, they, needed, they needed a little bit of everything. I think it's everything he did do will show up in one way or another in the stats. You know, we got pressure numbers and all that type of stuff too and, and hurries and knockdowns and all that good stuff. But it was one of those games where you just kind of got like a – you walk away like, wow, the best player on the field was number 90. You know, Russ has a lot of games like that where you're like, well, the best player on the field today was number three. You know, that happens a lot. And Russ was good today too. His pick was really, really bad. But today was one of those games – Whereas, like, Aaron Donald has those, I feel like. Um, who else had those in the past? You know, Sherm's had those in the past. Uh, Khalil Mack has had those type of games. Von Miller. You know, Nick Bosa had one earlier this year that was against Carolina where you're just like, you know, it doesn't even matter what the stats were. You're just like, you walk away and you're like, the best player on the field was that dude. The dude with the dreads. He was amazing. So I think, really... The numbers look great. Obviously, the five quarterback hits, like he was, just, but he was, 
he made everything just look difficult for Jimmy. The play you mentioned, uh, the Al Woods sack, yeah, that's a perfect example of a play that's like, he gets a pressure on that, which he should. Shoot, he should get a pass defense, too, because Jimmy was going to let that ball fly, right? Boom. He he tucks it. Al Woods gets a sack, right? Like, when people ask me today, you know, why did the pass rush come alive? Or what was the difference? The difference was one man. Jadavian Clowney decided he was going to kill someone today. <laughs> and he decided that the person he was going to kill was going to be Jimmy Garoppolo and all of his handsomeness. And then he died. You know, that's that, that's just what it was. And I think we've started this show giving love to a lot of people. We give love to T2. We've given love to Russ, to Shoddy, uh, to Shaq, who also had another good good day, I, I believe. Uh, two more passes defense, including a big one in OT. Um, it's it's, it's Jadavian Clowney Day. This is why you trade for Jadavian Clowney, even if it's for just this year, which it very well may be. When you have the possibility to have the best player on the field in a game that had a lot of great players in it, a lot. I know a lot of guys got hurt today, too, but there's a lot of great players on the field on both sides, and the best one was number 90. That right there, boom, worth the price of admission every day of the week and two times on Sunday, and I guess one time on Monday Night Football, too. Yeah, I enjoyed watching him play. I, I At most points of the game, I literally just watched Jadavion Clowney and what he was doing to that offensive line. He was just going by guys. He was everywhere, and all the talk about, oh, it takes time. I mean, he finally, he really stepped up tonight. Even Jay Reed had a few plays tonight where I was thinking, wow, these these guys, are they they're fig- they figured it out so far. We'll see how they do after this bye week when they play the Eagles. But they actually came and played tonight. I mean, they got after Jimmy. And that's all, we, that's all the fans wanted to see from the start of the season. They wanted to see the Seahawks get after a Jameis Winston. They wanted to see... The defense get after a, a who else? I'm trying to think Jared Goff. They wanted to see that on a consistent basis, and tonight I think that was the this was the best showcase that they have had this season. And where can they go from here? Hopefully nothing but up. But I mean, we were talking about it prior to coming on the show that it's going to be tough for them to do this again to have this level of production with all these quarterback hits and I mean, no doubt to David Clowney can do it every game, but will everybody else show up and do the same thing? And then in the secondary, there's still some questions because Jamar Taylor, he didn't play too well. He did make a huge, big third down play, tipped the pass, which got the San Francisco 49ers off the field and a pivotal moment during the game. But consistency with him is going to be interesting. We have a few Twitter questions that we can get to later on about that, but I mean, yeah, I do still worry about the secondary, although Shaquille Griffin, he had an interception that was unfortunately taken away because Jamar Taylor was actually holding on the play, which was as clear as day. And I was thinking, wow, the one time Shaquille, <laughs> he gets his one interception, it doesn't even count. <laughs> yeah, the, the defense had its, uh, its ups and downs today. But I, overall, I think both sides of the ball, this is what it's going to look like against a really good team. You know, this is what it should have looked like against the Saints. You know, this is what it should have looked like against the Ravens. You know, the, the problem in both of those games was that the Seahawks didn't look like they belonged on the field. They, they were making mistakes that bad teams make. I know it's like, oh, uh, you know, if if Chris doesn't fumble, if, if DK doesn't fumble, Russ doesn't throw a pick six. But those are those are plays that bad teams make, right? So that that's those, that's not what you want to do. Today, it looked like a team that could handle going toe to toe with someone who's elite. They didn't look like that against the other good teams that they played. So. 
overall, I think I was really encouraged by both sides of the ball. I was just joking with some of the dudes after the game, man, like, hey, if you guys want to blow somebody out, feel free, please. Because they got the, the press box was on edge today. Well, people keep asking me how the game was, how it felt. It felt like I feel how y'all feel. It was a roller coaster up there, man. Like, I'm a little bit more calm than probably everyone else. Like, when they miss kicks or make kicks or make big plays, I don't jump up and down. I don't scream or anything because that's not allowed in the press box. But, like, I got emotions too, man. Like, when they're lining up to make a kick, I'm like, oh, he's going to miss this. He's going to miss this. He's going to miss this. Boom. The the rookie dude they just signed misses it. Uh, It just it had that atmosphere like a playoff game. I've only covered one playoff game, uh, you know, for the athletic, but – that, that felt way more intense than the Dallas game. That had some – that was elite. Those were those were two of the best teams in the league probably going at it. That's why it took so – bro, that game took every second that the game could possibly have offered. That was it. You mentioned it was 60 minutes. No, that was 70. Yeah. 70 minutes of just slugging. Big play after big play after big play on both sides of the ball. It was a roller coaster, man. It was actually funny in the locker room. I'm not going to mention who the player was. But I was telling one player, I was like, hey, man, I thought y'all lost that game like three times. And he was like, what? What? Man, you thought we was going to lose? Oh, man, we got to throw you out the locker room, man. I'm like, what? Bruh. I also thought you won it three times, too. All this stuff started happening. I was like, you know what it really was? Because then he wanted to argue with me. I'm like, dude, look here. Russ threw a pick in overtime in the red zone. I thought it was over. <laughs> like, dude just lined up and hit a kick to tie the game. The Niners dude lines up to make the – what was it, the same distance on that kick? It was the same yards. distance. Yeah. He, he pushes it. So I'm like, dude, I thought – I was like, yeah, man, I thought y'all lost like three times. He was like, nah, man, you got to believe. You got to believe. Like, we believe. I'm like, dude, you're on the field. You, you can hear this stuff. <laughs> He's like, nah, man, you're in our locker room. You know, I'm like, the locker room is very different than on the field. When Russ threw that pick, I'd have been panicking. Because I thought that was it. That's how you lose games, really. If if that was another quarterback that did that and the Seahawks lost, you know, he'd be getting killed right now. Imagine Dak Prescott doing that. Mm. Imagine Jameis doing that. Imagine Kirk Cousins doing that in a big-time game like that. They'd be getting killed. Right? So, yeah, I was like, oh, man. But you know what? That's why Russ ain't those dudes. He's a, he's a lot better. And eventually, the, he kind of understood me. I was like, because we were walking towards the bus. He was like, yeah, man, I'm about to quote you on that, man. You said we was going to lose. I was like, wait a minute. Hey, time out, time out. I said, I thought y'all lost the game like three times because you did. There was plenty of times. I don't know if you thought this too, Chris. I thought they lost at least once in the fourth quarter, at least twice in overtime. So there's three right there. Then I thought they won it in the fourth quarter. It was up 11. Then I thought they won it in overtime. It was just, it was so up and down, man. Everything you guys were feeling watching that. I felt it too. The players felt it too. I asked a couple guys, like, hey, what did that game feel like? And it was just like, oof, man, searching for words. They should have pulled out dictionaries because that was the, the biggest roller coaster they could have ever, ever experienced. And I, I, I told these guys, man, please don't do that no more. <laughs> just, just blow somebody out for me, man. Even if it's not for the fans, just blow them out for me. Just say you blew out the Eagles or whoever next. For me, I would really appreciate it because that was stressful. Yeah, speaking of Russell's turnovers, let's – I mean, the Seahawks lost three fumbles, and the first two didn't lead to any points for the 49ers thanks to the defense making big – making pivotal stops. 
which one came on a sack of Russell Wilson, which then Jermaine Fetty tried to run, and he got popped, and he fumbled it, and that turned into a 49ers touchdown. The first fumble was what? Who was it? Rashad, Rashad Penny? He just got popped in the backfield, and the ball just came flying out. I didn't even know what had happened at first. And then DK Metcalf fighting for extra yards. Everybody was really confused about the play, but long story short, the defender that was out of bounds, DK was still fighting in while he was in bounds. He regained position in bounds, and then another player came and stripped it. Total legal play. I mean, it was just not a good day for the football. I mean, even Chris Carson lost the ball yet again, but thank goodness Joey Hunt, who seems to always get fumbles. I, I swear he's done this before where he's just hustling and he makes the play, and Pete Carroll might have mentioned that, but these things, they got to they gotta figure out how to protect that ball, man. I get that guys are fighting for extra yardage, but the main thing is having the football and having that control. If you lose the football, that you just, you're giving points away, and luckily the Seahawks were able to pull out a victory with all the turnovers they had, fumbles and interceptions. Uh yeah no the, the 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 DK play I'll say this on the on the DK play really quick because I know we got a lot of questions we need to get to so I didn't understand the the PA system wasn't working in the stadium for a while I don't think and it definitely wasn't working in the press box so I couldn't hear anything the refs were saying and I obviously can't hear the broadcast so I was in the dark for a lot of it and the replays they were showing us were not helpful it was really awful in game experience actually but what I've gathered from talking to people on Twitter whatever to what I've gathered is that whoever, I can't remember the dude's name, who had his hand on the ball when DK was running, but he does not have possession of the ball. So yeah, you can touch the dude when you're out of bounds, sure. But you have to, to get like a clear recovery, you have to come back in, reestablish yourself, then take it. It's weird, but if you think about it, that's exactly what he did. So that actually made some some sense to me. Every other fumble and all that stuff, I mean, that is ultimately football, but yeah, those dudes got, everyone's got to hold on to it. Except Jermaine Fetty. <laughs> I, I was I was dug with Jermaine. I was like, bro, did you think he was going to score? <laughs> he was like, man, look, you couldn't have told me nothing. I was going to go score a touchdown. I was like, no, wait a minute, man. Look, man, next time, just take a knee. Do that fall. It's anything. Don't do that no more. Because it's funny now that it didn't cause him the game. But I was, he was like, man, look, man. Yeah, that was my first career carry. <laughs> I was trying to score. I was like, "Yeah, man, don't don't do that no more." Like overall, though, stuff like that is going to happen, and that's what I mean by like saying you can prove that you can handle an elite team. When they when the bad things like that happened against the Ravens, they folded. The bad things like that happened against the Saints, they folded. Today, they didn't fold. That's just what it is. That's what a championship, you know team does i'm not really sure how good the seahawks are to be quite honest with you maybe they're the best team in the nfc maybe they're not i honestly do not know i do know this though before we move to the questions the seahawks can beat any team in the league anywhere they can also lose to any team in the league <laughs> a double, anywhere a double-edged sword there <laughs> but because the first part of that is true that's enough for now because that's not true for every team. I would say that's only true for about three or four teams in the league that you can beat anyone and you can lose to anyone. But being able to beat anyone, which they legitimately can do in anywhere, like if they went to Baltimore next Sunday, they could do it because they can do that. That's enough for now. And that's the most important thing I think to walk away from with this game. 
Your parents don't pack your lunches anymore, but you still need to eat. Have your favorite restaurants brought to you with DoorDash. Brown paper bag is not included. DoorDash connects you with your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is real easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code HAWKS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code HAWKS. Don't forget, that's promo code HAWKS for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right. Well, we have another important thing to get to, and that's all of our listener questions. We want to thank every single one of you for asking questions. We appreciate the love and support. Are you ready to do this, Mike? Yeah, you know, man. Favorite part of the show every time. Here we go. Let's get right to it. Our first question is from at B at Nurse B 2012. Do you think this defensive performance was repeatable and sustainable, or were the Hawks just aided by injuries to San Francisco's starting offense? Um, I don't think you you can't duplicate this performance because this was just a dominant, like all time performance from like Jadavian. Like, can he do this again? Possibly, but sustainable. I don't think they'll be able to get ten quarterback hits a game. I just don't think that's going to happen. But here's the thing, and I wrote this too: if you make the quarterback look uncomfortable, that should get it done. I really think it should, because the secondary is not bad. It's got some leaky problems in it, and I think one of them is is the nickel situation. But for the most part, it's got guys who can cover. Shaq can cover. But Shaq, does Shaq lead the league in pass deflections? He might. I think Shaq might lead the league in, 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 in pass deflections. Like, it's hard to throw on him, right? So you got to keep that in mind. The safety situation looks a little better now. You know, Trey's no scrub. But, you know, I don't think this is, like, repeatable necessarily. But if you can, like, repeatedly, repeatedly, excuse me, make the QB look uncomfortable, that should be enough to get it done. Because Jameis looked comfortable other than, you know, with the fumble. Matt Schaub looked comfortable. Uh, Whoever else, I can't remember. Even Baker Mayfield looked comfortable. So you you can't have that. Make the guys look uncomfortable because a lot of these guys in this league will fold. Maybe the Drew Breeses and the Aaron Rodgers may not, but these other cats will fold. Carson Wentz will fold. Jared Goff will fold. We've seen that. So if you make those guys look uncomfortable, it's going to go a long way, especially in January. All right. Next up, we have Dave Sayers at Sayers 8. What does the addition of Shaquem to the D-line rotation do to the pass rush moving forward? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, for me, I have to go watch the tape again and see what you know Shaquem actually did but the fact he was out there in favor you know instead of Ziggy Ansa for me that's just that's everything right there man like Shaq is you know, Shaquem I mean that's just a big step forward for him you know that just shows how much faith the, uh, the staff kind of has in him now because they had no faith before he wasn't seeing any burn so to be out there he was in there in crunch time too but he was out there in the overtime overtime he was out there man that is that's huge. That's the first step. I don't know how much pressure he got today, if any. I don't even know if he registered a statistic. I don't even think he did. But the fact that they had that faith in him, that's the first start. For me Because I, I, for me to have faith in a dude, the coach has got to have it first. 
Right? If they don't believe that, I'm not going to believe. Right? They see him every day. So for them to have that faith, I think that's the big, the the first step. And you know, if nothing else, to do is fast. You know, maybe if he played more against Lamar Jackson, he would have been able to track him down. You know, he's one of the fastest dudes on the defense. No lie, he might have ran the fastest forty of anyone on the defense. The dude got some speed. So if nothing else, he brings speed. Uh, to their edge, which is what he should have been bringing the whole time. But I was really, really happy for Shaquem to get out there, man. If if he's going to be a part of the pass rush, I think the pass rush will, will be a little better in the second half of the season. All right, next up we have at Lisa Carlson DQ. Why do the Seahawks want me dead with all these heart attack finishes? No, man, they want you to. They want you to to always compete to the end. Although a four hour game, that was that was just nuts. Lisa, you, I don't know where. I think that that name sounds familiar. I think she's in America. But man, imagine my homies in London and Spain and stuff. Man, I think the game ended at like five in the morning over there. Oh man, if you're listening now and you're in another country, kudos to you for staying up. And that was that was something special, man. I think. That's just that's just what the Seahawks are going to be. Every, everyone needs to take some some anti-anxiety meds before the games and smoke some weed if you need to, just because this is what it's going to be. I think Bradley McDougal told me after the game, he was like, look, this ain't the first close game we won. It won't be the last. We, we like this. I'm like, oh, bro, you're killing the fans. But, you know, hey, at least they're winning. So uh, I think you're just going to have to live with that. Isn't there a saying, wins heal all wounds? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, win- winning does cure everything for the most part. All right, next up we have Thomas Beeson at Lil Taco 21. Are we still on the never kick train after Jason Myers nailed that last second clincher? Trick question. Of course we are. Never kick for life. Bonus actual question. Have we reached peak Pac-12 ref after the whole 57-yard penalty mistake in the coup game this week? Look, I don't want to spend too much time on the coup game, but we got robbed. Uh, that was one of the worst calls. And uh, the Pac-12 refs, those refs should not be suspended for just one game. Get them out of here. <laughs> How do you get that wrong? That was ridiculous. Sorry. No. I don't want to go too far on the on the coup game. But, yes, never kick. Never kick. I don't care if you had the game winner. Of course, you, you should make game winners. Game winners are maybe when you should kick. That's about it. <laughs> Every other time, forget it, man. When the Seahawks kicked on fourth down, uh, I think that was in the end of regulation or overtime. I can't remember. Nah, man. Go for that. Go for that. Shout Never out. kick. You see what happened to the Niners? <laughs> they, they lost. I, I, that's that's their fault. So, uh, yeah, no. Never kick for life. When Chase made the game-tying field goal, I tweeted, dang, should the Seahawks see if they can trade kicker? If they can get Chase for Jason Myers, maybe a fifth-round pick? And then he oh, hit, man. <laughs> and then he misses... Again, Jesus, he, 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 old takes exposed should come for you. That was a terrible take. Oh, My man. I actually deleted that tweet, so I don't think anyone saw it. <laughs> oh, oh, coward. Leave it up, man. Leave it up. <laughs> so shout out Thomas for that question. He always asks questions. Appreciate the love, Alec. Or Tom, excuse me. Next up, we have Alec McPherson at Alec underscore Mac. Could you see any specific reason why Clowney went off tonight? And how long before the Seahawks try and re-sign him? Also, hashtag never kick. Never kick. There it is. Uh, one, I don't think the Seahawks can sign Clowney to an extension until after the season. Uh, but, like I mentioned before, he was just dominant. Special players just do that. Uh, that's just kind of how it uh, how it goes there. Uh, I do think, I will say this on Clowney. I don't know if we have other questions about it, but I think he might price himself out of Seattle, honestly, if he plays this well, just kind of like Frank just did. 
depends on what the market looks like. But if he wants to be the highest paid pass rusher in the league, which I mean, kudos to him because Jesus, if he does, I don't know if the Seahawks do that. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but that's going to be something uh, to monitor. But yeah, that dude, that dude's a monster, man. But he, yeah, he, he, he plays like this. Seattle won't be able to afford him. So everyone better enjoy this while he's here. All right. Next up, we have at NKDD96. Where do you rank this among the best wins in the last five years? Do you basically give Clowney a blank check in these in this offseason? Uh, I wouldn't give Clowney the blank check. I don't know, man. I, I, it's iffy. It's iffy, man. Uh, if he wants to be the highest paid, do you do it? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence about it. I mean, maybe. Sure. Why the hell not? It ain't my money. But, yeah, I think they have to wait till the offseason. Uh, anyway, where do I rank this? Hmm. That's a really good question. I think the biggest games, the Philly game in 2017 was really big when they kind of like ended Carson Wentz's MVP kind of train. Uh, let's see. What else was beating the Steelers in 2015 in that shootout? That was big. That might have been an overtime too. Um, beating the Patriots in 2016 was pretty big. Uh, beating the Chiefs. Last year in primetime was pretty big. That clinched the playoffs, I believe. This is probably up there with all of those I just named. Pretty sure. This might be... We need to see what this does for the rest of the season. But right now, I'd probably say it's one of their bigger regular season wins. The Chiefs won clinching the playoffs. is hard to top. Because you beat beat one of the best teams in the league. You did it in primetime. Beat the MVP of the league. And you clinched the playoffs. I don't know. It's pretty, pretty hard to top that. That's probably, I don't know, this may be like right right after that. In the rivalry, though, this is probably a, a little above the Turkey game, uh, 2014. This was, the rivalry is back, baby. That's for sure. All right. Next up, we have Paul Martin at P. Martin, K to Texas. Not activating Ed Dixon. Almost backfired. Who will they cut when they bring him back for the next game? Who should they cut? Um, shout out to Paul. I think he's a regular uh, asking questions as well. Um, let's see. Who should they cut? I don't know. Uh, let's see. So I think the candidates are going to be anyone who wasn't active uh, Monday night. So that would be my guess is here's my top three. I'll just go to the top three. Uh, Kim King, because he was inactive today, uh, he would seem to be cuttable. Um, well, CJ Prosize. Since he was inactive and they have Travis Homer, he's cuttable. Oh, and Jerron Brown. That sucked to see JB go again. Uh, but, yeah, if you were inactive today, any of those seven guys, and you're not LJ Collier, uh, then, yeah, you're, you're probably, you know, even like Elano Hill, you know, John Arsua, all those guys, they can all be cut. But my top three would be JB, CJ, and Akeem. In no order or anything. But it'll probably be one of those guys. You can't cut Jordan Roos because you still need a backup center on game days, so that's tricky. So it'll probably be one of those three guys that gets cut. And they have to do that, I believe, by next Tuesday. So I think that'll happen, especially when uh, Luke Wilson going down with a hamstring injury uh, tonight. All right, next up we have Zach Yojin. With Lockett out, Russ depended on freshly picked off the street Josh Gordon, a former practice squad tight end, and Hollister. Metcalf the Rook and Malik Turner. How in the hell do you guys grade Russ's performance? Love the show as always, guys. Appreciate the love, Zach. 
so I, when people ask me like how Russell Wilson is doing this this year, I say that he's you know he's just always been really good. But part of it is that he's got a lot of like randomly clutch dudes who like when you throw them the ball they catch it. Take the polisher is just clutch. You know, Josh Gordon today was just clutch. Uh, Malik Turner, clutch. It's like, these are dudes that you didn't expect to be contributing in August. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's huge. Maybe you expect to take a polisher. I'm not sure. But, man, these, these guys are just so clutch. And it's just not like these high-priced, big-name dudes, man. Even like the DK Metcalf is still a rookie, you know? So, I think that's a big big part of it. I mean, Russ's game was really good. The pick, again, was really, really bad. Like, you just can't, you can't do that in overtime. You just, you just really can't. But overall, Russ has played with some really clutch dudes, man. Even like a Jermaine Curse was just super clutch. Uh, you know, even Jimmy Graham was clutch. So, I think that's a big, a big, big, big part of it. Next up, we have Ross at Ross Fryzer. Two questions. Where does the bar need to be set for this team? Should fans be disappointed with with anything less than reaching the NFC Championship? Also, are the Hawks just good at developing tight ends? Disley, Vanette, now Hollister. Um, I don't think so on the tight ends. We we got to see. Um Also, it doesn't suggest that Jacob didn't come here already good, you know. New England just had a lot of good tight ends. Uh, at the time, or at least just one really good one that took up all the snaps. Um, let's see here. What was it for? Actually, oh, uh, I forgot that there was a part about that last question about Tyler. Pete sounded like Tyler's leg just needed to be treated right away. I honestly don't know what compartment syndrome is or whatever. I know there's an involves some swelling and some stuff like that. He said it shouldn't be something that lasts longer than the bye, but Pete is not a doctor. So we're going to have to wait until he actually hears from some docs. Uh, but, you know, it seemed pretty serious at the time. Uh, someone told me he got, like, carted out of the stadium right away, and I don't think he flew back with the team uh, to Seattle. So that's, that's that's all really bad. But it sounds like there is a version of this story where Tyler plays against Philly, or at the very least just misses the Philly game. So we'll see. Uh, but going, going back to the most recent question, uh, where should the bar be? I mean, if the defense is going to not, not allow anything deep, if they're going to shut down teams running the ball, what did, what did the Diners run for, man? Because I had Matt Breed on my fantasy team. He didn't do a damn thing. 87 yards, I believe, as a team. Yeah, Mozart, dude, 6 for 28. Tevin Coleman, 9 for 40. Breed, a 10 for 18. That is shut down. Shut down. If they're going to do that, and Russ is going to go back to you know, MVP Russ, then, yeah, this is – this is a team that can beat anyone. Like I said, this is a title-contending team if they're going to play like that. And that's what, how it should be treated. The talent is there. It's clearly there. They just have to play good. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But for the most part, if you can do this, if you can beat anyone, then, yeah, I'm confident you know, in their ability to, to, to run the table. I also really selfishly want to have a free trip to Miami in February. So hopefully they run the table. <laughs> Next up, we have Jason at Jason Long Laughs. How much of an impact did Diggs make in the secondary? Did his coverage ultimately help the D-line get to the quarterback? Um, I don't know if I want to say. Well, okay. According to Shaquille Griffin, all the sacks were covered sacks today, except for J- J- Jay Reed's that forced the fumble and the scoop and score. I have to go back and look. I told him I would. 
I haven't looked yet because it's late and I haven't had enough caffeine to go do that. Uh, but really, I, I just think Dix just was just made timely plays. I think he only had like two tackles. I mean, I don't think he was everywhere. And even on the pick he had, the dude was open. <laughs> he probably just should have got it. Uh, but I mean, hey, tips and overthrows. Simple. Uh, that's what the uh, LOB did too. So I think he was just made some timely plays. I don't know if it had much to do with the pass rush. I think the pass rush was all clown you today. Really, man, that dude is bionic. It's 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 unreal. That's why we opened the show with him. So I just think he made some timely plays. Let's see if he can keep doing that again. Consistency. Can he be consistent in the in the defense? We'll see about that. But no, I, I don't want to take. All the password credit is going to Clowny today, if you guys haven't noticed, guys. It's it's, it's the Clowny show. Ryan at the Rye Rob 24. If the Seahawks pass rush plays like it did tonight for the rest of the season, does that change expectations for what the Hawks do going forward? Yeah, book your tickets to Miami if they play like this every week, man. We going to Miami, Chris. We going back to Miami. <laughs> Seahawks are going to play the Super Bowl against Lamar Jackson. It's going to be great. Battle of the black quarterbacks. I can't wait. We have Cook at Brad Cook. Where was Blair? Was he benched? Uh, yeah, that was a quick one. He got benched for Quandre Diggs. They brought Quandre in here to start. Right? I mean, that's pretty clear. He was hurt. So he didn't play. He's healthy. Plays. Blair Blair might play again. I think he played a couple snaps today. But for now, they got two veteran safeties on pretty good deals. You know, Bradley's on the bargain. And Diggs is uh, Diggs not really on a bargain. But what they gave up to get him is not, you know, a ton. So, yeah, Marquise Blair got benched. Yeah, they'll play again some. But, I mean, yes. Yeah, it's not surprising a rookie got benched for two vets who are who are proven in this league, so who have been Pro Bowl alternates at their position. So I'm, I wouldn't read too much into that. I mean, Diggs is just better right now. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Next up, we have Gabe at Gabe SWH. How big of an impact will Diggs and Josh Gordon make down the stretch for this team? What I saw from Diggs was invigorating, and Gordon with a couple of clutch catches has me feeling positive. Uh, yeah, I've talked about Diggs a little, a little bit, uh, on Josh Gordon. The thing on him is if he could just be a matchup problem, that's it. Just be a matchup problem man to man. If you can do that, that's enough for now. Assuming they get Tyler back. If you notice, Chris, I think the ball went towards Richard Sherman like three times, maybe two. Uh, one of them was the, uh, the one DK didn't catch. The other one was Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon is the only person to catch a ball on Richard Sherman today. So uh, there's your impact right there. That even the best of the best, Josh Gordon can beat them. Plain and simple, that's going to be big for this team. You know, especially, really it's looking like in January, but even like coming up, like the Vikings have good corners. Philly doesn't have any good corners, so you don't have to worry about them. Uh, but, you know, the Rams have Jalen Ramsey. You know, even even the Cardinals. You know, I can't remember who else is on the schedule. You know, Carolina has good, has a really good pass defense. So, that if Josh can just be a guy that's a problem for at least one dude, and man-to-man on clutch downs, he's worth it, too. He's worth the price of admission, too, in the same way Clowney is. Not as impactful, but it's very similar kind of bang-for-your-buck thing there. So, I think that's what Josh is going to bring. All right, next up we have Miles Matsumoto at Matt's Design. The offensive line was both good and terrible, particularly on those inside blitzes. 
What were we doing to give Russ this much protection when it held up? And what was happening on those blitzes where he had zero time? Um, I mean, this is kind of how I expected the O-line to look against this unit. You know, they were going to have some players where Russ had time, which he did. They were going to have times where Russ got, you know, beat up, which he did. This D-line is good, man. That's what good D-lines look like. And you're, it's, it's it's really just kind of like, uh, they. I can't think of a word right now. I'm, I'm slipping, but they kind of represented what the whole game was. They got punched. The O-line gets punched in the mouth sometimes, too. It happens. How do you respond? Oh, you respond with giving him enough time to leave the pocket and find Malik Turner on that big catch. Right? Like, that's that's all. So, I don't think it was... I mean, I don't know enough about O-line schemes to go into a ton of the intricate details, especially without, without watching the film. But overall, some, some of the pass blocking, man, is a mentality. Is have good, clean hands and be like, look, this dude ain't getting by me. It is what it is. So, right. that, I think that's what happened today. As, as much as anything, they just... It looked like how I expected them to look against an elite front. They got beat sometimes, and they won sometimes. What you got to do in those situations is win more often than you lose, so then you can ultimately win the game, and boom, that's what happened. All right, next up we have Jaron at So Dang Close. Do you think Ugo should get a shot at the nickel? Can't imagine he'd be any worse than Jamar Taylor. Um. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, Jamar didn't have a good game. I mean, he had the one play, but he was he, he was not good. Uh, I mean, yeah, give him give Ugo a shot. I mean, yeah, like uh, who, you read the name on the question. Yeah, no, he can't get worse. So, uh, yeah, give him a shot. You know, give you know, play Marquise there. I don't know. You got to figure it out though, because their sub packages do not look great. Okay, there's a reason they're in base all the time, guys. Let's just put it that way. If you didn't see it today, then you're not going to see it. It's very clear why they're going so heavy in base. They just don't have the personnel there at that nickel spot to be so comfortable just going nickel 70% of the time. They'll get destroyed doing that. So, yeah, that's – I mean, yeah, throw Ugo there if, if you want. Give him a shot. We'll see. Uh, but, like, uh, whoever said that, yeah, you made a good point. It probably won't get any worse. Next up, Ryan Turner at Turns44. What up, Ryan? Hey, Ryan. I'm sure Clowney and Wilson will get most of the love in the show, so I'll avoid comments about number 90 and number 3. What is potentially the biggest overreaction from this game, and how will it affect the rest of the season? Great night to be a Hawks fan. Keep killing it. Appreciate the love, Ryan. I think the biggest overreaction is people who think that I'm not going to be on the never kick train because Jason Myers made a kick. (laughs) For real, man. I'm on the never kick. I think people don't understand that. Yeah, I understand there will be times when you need to kick. Like, I get that. There's going to be times. Like, the game winner kick. Yeah, sure. Kick it there. Because especially since, like, if you if he misses the tie, you make it, you win the game. I understand. End of the half, sometimes you got to kick. I get that. I say never kick in, like, the situations where you can go get a touchdown, right? Where you can get out, execute the other team on fourth down and go make it happen. So, that's what I mean. So if anybody thinks that Mike's off the never kick train because of Jason Myers today, ho, 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 no, no, no. This is never kick for life, baby. Boo. I don't give a damn. Just kick it. Our last question comes from Matt Mikolas at Slickhawk12. What up, Slick? How? How? How in the holy damn hell? Also, what's compartment syndrome? 
how this leg hurts. <laughs> That's a great answer. Let's, let's let's go let's go with that. I ain't no damn doctor, man. Uh, I'm scared to Google stuff too because Google be wrong on these things. I don't know. We'll see. Tyler's leg hurts, and hopefully, Tyler's a religious cat. Let's all just pray, 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 pray. Well, I'm not a religious cat, but so y'all pray that Tyler's leg is okay. And also on the how how how, dude, I don't know. The Seahawks lost that game five times and won it five times. It just didn't. It didn't make sense. I'm sitting here now. Chris is one in the morning, and I've written nothing. So uh, if you read the morning, if you've read my morning after, by the time this comes out, know that I've turned that out in the wee hours of the night before my flight back to Seattle because I love you guys. <laughs> well, before we get out of here, Mike. And again, we want to thank everybody for asking Twitter questions. We really, we really appreciate you guys taking the time out to hit us up with questions. Thank you so much for the love and support. But Mike, maybe before we get out of here, you got a hot take for us? Oof, man, after that? After that. Oh, man, that's a that's a good one. Oh, you know what? I don't I don't have a hot take today. But and I I want to in lieu of a hot take, I would like to note something that I saw after the game, just real quick, that Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman swapped jerseys after the game. Uh, they I don't know if they've ever had beef. Well, no, they have. Sherm has beef. Russ has no beef. Uh, I will say that illustrates a, a, an important part of the whole thing with Sherm. Sherm doesn't hate Russell. You know, he's an emotional cat who feels that, you know, Russ is not critiqued the same way that the defense was critiqued. And, uh, and there may be something to that. And he also feels that his interception in Super Bowl 49 ruined their chances at being a dynasty. Which there's also something to that as well. Are those, both of those things entirely 100% true? Probably not. But there is something to both. However, Russ or Sherm has always respected the fact that Russ is a baller. He respects it. Now he's on the other, the other side of the rivalry. He would rather see Russ play like crap. But he knows it's probably just not going to happen. So, uh, I thought that moment was really cool. And it, it kind of illustrated that Sherm doesn't necessarily hate the dude. You know, he has some feelings about him, but at the end of the day, he's a competitor. You know, he respects guys who ball and rust balls. So I thought that was a really cool moment. Well, you know what? We have a new segment now. When you don't have a hot take, it's called a hot moment. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I'll give you that. That was my hot, our hot moment. We need to get that sponsored by someone. We, it's definitely a possibility. One thing I will add, DK catch the ball. Somebody hit me up on Twitter and was like, oh, I can't wait to hear your soliloquy on DK not catching passes. Make it short and sweet. Catch the ball, big fella. The ball was thrown right to you in your hands. Make the play. I mean, you had a decent day for the most part, but that third down, you got to come down with the ball. The defender really had no – there was nothing that he did that should have allowed you to drop that pass. And – I get it. I'm running out of excuses for you, but you got to make that play. That's all I got, Mike. Anything else, man, you want to add before we shake? Uh, no, I just want to yeah, appreciate everyone who's sending in questions and stuff and, and rocking with us. We really do appreciate the love. Uh, whatever, if, if However you listen to the show, we appreciate it. You know, Make sure you tell people about it and everything. But uh, I don't care if it's two people listening or 2,000. We just appreciate everyone who rocks with us. We really, really do. Cannot stress that enough. There you have it. It's been another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. It is now Tuesday morning, 114. Oh, 1.15 a.m. Mike's going to get writing, and I'm going to get producing. Other than that, we will catch you guys later on. 
We are out. Time to your bag and the color on your lip. Yeah, you're